Welcome to another college drop-in. We've come to know Niagara College as a first-rate educational institution, an absolute leader in research and innovation. But we also know it's more than that. It's a community thoroughly committed to supporting an equitable, diverse, and inclusive environment for students and staff alike. Joining me for today's conversation is Sama Sabra, Associate Director of Workplace Equity, Diversity and Inclusion. And we're taking a close look at the college's EDI blueprint, how it came to be, and especially how it's going to be implemented. So without further delay, let's get to learning with Sama. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting with Sama Sabra, Associate Director of Workplace Equity, Diversity and Inclusion at Niagara College's Center for Organizational Excellence. Sama, thank you so very much for joining the What's Up Welland College Drop-In conversation and bringing the, well, as much as we can possibly delve into with regards to EDI and what you, what you do at the college. Thank you. Thank you for having me here today. Um, I uh, am really excited to be here, especially today. So it's uh, we're recording on October 18th. Uh, I know that it won't be out there until later, but October 18th is a very significant day for me as a woman in Canada. Um, and that's because today is officially Persons Day. So it's um, in 1929, this would have been the day that women in Canada were declared persons officially. So um, it's a day of significance and it's really exciting to, my being here, in fact, is only made possible by the fact that that day happened uh, way back then. We didn't plan it this way, but I'm thrilled at the alignment of the significance of the date and what we get to discuss today. So further layers of thank you for joining and just, yes, thank you for being, I guess, where we live in that this is where we are, this is where it started and this is where we are today. Before we really unpack Niagara College's EDI blueprint, which is, I know, a very significant document, undertaking, living document. What EDI are three letters? There's so much more to them than just three letters. They represent diversity, equity, inclusion. What do those, what do each of those words mean separately, together, please? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I think that they're used in many different combinations uh, in different organizations. Uh, and some of our organizations even add an A at the end for, um, they call it IDEA, to add accessibility more explicitly. Uh, we have accessibility within EDI. But uh, EDI, those three letters, I'm going to use some analogies to talk about them. So um, when we talk about equity, um, it's kind of a shift in mind frame from thinking about equality. So when we're talking about equality, it's all about everyone getting the exact same thing, right? And so um, one analogy that I've heard that I really love, and I believe it's from Nahid Dasani, uh, he says, um, equality is giving everyone a pair of shoes, and equity is giving everyone a pair of shoes that fits. So it's about finding the right thing to give folks based on their needs. And so some folks might you know, need a pair of running shoes because they're running that marathon and someone else might uh, need some stilts because they, you know, they're out there in some kind of parade. And, and so it's really about finding what folks need to be able to achieve the same outcomes. So whereas equality focuses on the same resources going to everybody, equity focuses on the same outcome being achieved by everybody and giving the right resources to meet that outcome. Is equity also about the right resources at the right time? If someone's needs change and progress, it's not a, you got this once, thanks, 
but we helped you once. Yes, absolutely. So, um, and our needs do change all the time, right? The same person can have very different needs. Um, Folks who do work in accessibility will talk about how everyone is only ever temporarily able-bodied. That any of us who live long enough will experience some kind of disability, either through the aging process or illness or accident or something. Um, And so this idea that our needs, even just in terms of our ability, which a lot of us think, oh yeah, I'm able-bodied, or, you know, oh yeah, I have this one particular disability, but those things change over time. And so if my needs change, the resources I get would ideally change alongside that. Um, You know, the context we're working in might change. Uh, What I need working at Niagara College would look very different than what I needed if I were working at a French language institution, uh, because French is not my first language and I speak very little of it. Um, And so that that idea of the context changes or we change and therefore our needs change um, and equity has to kind of keep up with that. So then the other two letters, uh, diversity and inclusion, I often talk about together. Uh, And part of why I talk about them together is because um, in people who do this kind of work, we always say diversity is a fact of life. Whether we acknowledge it or not, it's there. Whatever community you're in, even in the natural world, right? Like there are are so many different types of insects, so many different types of trees. Uh, And we'd say the same thing about human beings. There are so many variations in who we are and elements to our personality and to our life experiences. And and that's diversity. It just exists whether we acknowledge it or not. Inclusion is about making what I would say are the right decisions in response to that diversity. It's about uh, opening things up to ensure that folks have that sense of belonging, that they're part of a community, not just in kind of a a physical presence there, but are able to genuinely feel like they can contribute meaningfully, to feel like they not just have a seat at the table, but people listen when they speak. Uh, No matter who you are coming into that room, that folks are going to hear you out and recognize that you bring something important to that conversation. So diversity is a fact of life and inclusion is about the the decisions and choices we make in response to that. So with equity, diversity and inclusion being a focus at the college, and I imagine it's been a focus longer than this blueprint has existed, Mm -hmm. but the EDI blueprint is something that Sean Kennedy mentioned when he kicked off this series with us. It's why you are sitting with us today and that you can really un- thoroughly unpack it. Mm-hmm. How did the blueprint come about? What is the blueprint? What, what gives you hope? Like, do, as much as you want to talk about the blueprint, Sama, yeah. please, let's do that. Awesome. So I'm going to um, talk really quickly about how it came about, about so that we can spend some time also talking about how we're implementing it. Because um, I think one of the things that folks often worry about is that we can say we're going to do all these things, but then we don't actually do them. And I think that what I've, what gives me hope at Niagara College is feeling like so many folks want to do it. So many folks are there at the table, um, even from its very inception. So the blueprint really came about as a collaborative effort between Niagara College and the Niagara College Student Administrative Council. So um, this is really about students employees, staff, administrators at the college all coming together to say, we want to make our college a more inclusive place. We want to make sure that we are doing everything we can to be uh, inclusive and to create that sense of belonging for everybody at the college. And so they came together and said, okay, to do this, we're going to establish a task force. So that was the initial starting point, a task force that was made up 
of half employees, half students. And um, so I will say I joined the college shortly after the task force was established. And that for me was one of the things that really drew me to the college and drew me to the role was knowing that half of the people on this task force were students, that we weren't just saying as employees of the college, we know what's best for the students. We were saying we want student voice as part of this and helping us to develop it and figure out how it goes. So um, that group was established. They initially started by speaking to departments at the college to find out what they're doing, going out and speaking to partner organizations to find out what's already happening in the Niagara region that we can be learning from, uh, connecting with other colleges, with um, universities, just really trying to understand the landscape um, and to situate the work that we had to do uh, within that landscape. Um, from there, we developed a framework for how we were going to genuinely consult across the college. It was important to us um, that this not, again, not just be, you know, a group of 20 people who get together and say, this is what's going to happen. Uh, so we did lots of consultations. So this was also at a time when things were uh, still mostly virtual. So we had consultations that were virtual. We had some consultations that were in person. We had consultations with departments that are intact teams. We had them that were open to everyone at the college. We had them with students. We went to the cafeteria with a QR code um, and said to students, hey, scan this QR code and answer some questions for us. Uh, and it was really about how are we doing and what do we need to be doing better? And um, we ended up being able to hear from 619 people at the college. And uh, that really then shaped what we did. So the areas of focus came out of those consultations, the specific goals came out of those consultations, the action items related to those goals came out of the consultations. So this was very much a college community driven uh, blueprint that got developed. Um, yeah, so, so that was how it came about and how it initially got developed. So you said that, I mean, across 619 voices, that's, that's a chorus of voices multiple areas of focus would have come to light. What are the areas of focus that the blueprint is has decided this is where we need to focus our effort? And will those areas of focus, is there a possibility that they will change over time? Yeah, so this is, I call this blueprint 1.0. Um, our plan is that in 2025, once some of these actions have been uh, implemented, we do more consultation and say, what more do we have to do? Because this is not something where we just arrive and say, and now we're fully inclusive because we're always learning more. There's always new things happening. And so it's about how do we continue to hold ourselves up to that standard? Um, so with that, uh, as, as part of the context, there are four areas of focus that came about and one that got interwoven throughout the blueprint. So the four areas of focus are Indigenous ways of knowing, being and doing, um, student experience, employee experience, and organizational structure and culture. Um, I'm happy to speak to those if you want, but I also want to say that one of the things that got interwoven was the idea of accountability. So um, we really wanted to make sure that we're holding ourselves accountable to what we say we're going to do. Um, and our college community really said to us, we don't want this to just get developed. And then we say, you know, in a couple of years, we're going to look back and say, how did we hold ourselves accountable? We want this to be something we do right throughout the process. 
So if you go on the EDI website at Niagara College and you look at the blueprint and you open up any of those areas of focus, you'll notice a couple of things. One is that the actions are very concrete. So that was one way to hold ourselves accountable was to say, we're not just saying here are ideals we want to live up to, but here are actions we want to implement. And then the other part of that um, is that our executive team um, decided that they would be part of that accountability. So each goal in the blueprint has one or two vice presidents from the college whose names are listed there as champions, which means that as it's getting implemented, if we hit roadblocks, if we're not sure what to do, they are there to act in that advisory role to make sure that um, if we hit those barriers, they're helping us to dismantle those barriers. Uh, and they're really there to also be held accountable along with the rest of us as part of this process. Thank you for referencing the website. And as much as I would love to really look into what are those four areas of focus, there's so much more we can talk about. Yes. So I'm glad you brought up the website. I'm going to share that when we do post the episode so that people can go have that quick access to a wealth, a true wealth of information, and they can, they can further explore each of those areas of focus. With accountability as that, that thread weaving through the areas of focus, through the blueprint, with the number of voices that you have gathered, with the, the individuals in place to ensure this is a living document, that no obstacle will, will cause it to stall. What is the vision that, and what came first? Did a vision come first or did the blueprint motivate a, or define now a vision going forwards and Sean spoke to the blueprint as being one of the pillars of the college. How does the blueprint, how does the vision, how does all of it tie together with the strategic plan and just basically, I'm, I, I'm usually good at double barrel questions. I think this one has four questions <laughs> mixed in. How do all of these pieces work together for where the college is today, how they got there and just Everything supports everything else, it sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the new strategic plan got launched shortly before the blueprint got launched. One of the areas in that strap plan is um, sustainability and inclusion, with the idea that the college is very committed to both of those things and that we want to make sure that we are um, regularly thinking about and increasing both sustainability and inclusion at the college. Uh, and, you know, both for students and for employees, I would say. Um, and so I think they really reinforce each other, the strap plan and the blueprint. Uh, and one of the, you know, the, um, the big goals for the college this year is that we will continue to implement the blueprint. And we have 32 action items in there, which is a pretty, uh, I would say, ambitious thing to take on for an organization. Um, and already half of those things are in progress. Um, and I think that's a really exciting thing to be able to say. And so the different areas of the blueprint also support each other. So, um, you know, one thing we've been doing is working with employees to have more equity, diversity, and inclusion training. So we've got a series of uh, workshops that uh, focus on an introduction to EDI. Uh, there's one that's around um, microaggressions and allyship. Uh, and there's one that's around um, uh, cultural humility. And then alongside those, we also have started to, to um, offer a leadership, inclusive leadership workshop 
that is for folks who are in those kinds of leadership positions at the college. And so those all work together to absolutely support those employees, but also to ensure that those employees can then create a better space for the students that they're interacting with. Um, one of the things that comes out of that often is that employees will attend a workshop or have a conversation and then reach out and say, you know, we'd really like to talk about what we can be doing differently in our area. And so we've been really lucky. We've had so many um, departments reach out and partner with us. We've updated um, the registrar's office updated name change forms for students, for example, um, to ensure that students have the opportunity to update their not just their legal name, but also their preferred name and their lived name. Um, and so those are things that came out of people saying, you know, we've been thinking about this, we've been talking about EDI, and so now we want to think about what it looks like in our organization or in our part of the organization. Um, and it means they're better colleagues to each other, and it also means they're better employees with the students, whether it's faculty attending a positive space workshop um, or if it's employees attending, a, you know, just a microaggressions workshop to be better able to identify that and think about how and when uh, to intervene in some of those things. I don't want to simplify what we are talking about, but it from from my seat right now, it sounds like the college, the NCSAC yes. um, individuals asked questions, waited, took the answers, and then acted on them. And again, I don't want to simplify, but it sounds like you're not imposing, you're asking, and then responding accordingly. And is that a fair is that a fair assessment? And if it is, I hope it is, because it sounds really positive and hopeful in that it's malleable and it will grow and change and there are so many people involved. Yeah, and I would say it absolutely is a fair assessment. Um, I think that, I would say this about just about any kind of work, but I think work that is based on changes to an organization really has to emerge organically and really has to come from the people in the organization. Um, and what's interesting about that is that sometimes people want to do the things but don't know where to start or how to do it. and so that piece around working with people and saying, okay, here's a workshop, here's an opportunity to learn, and then take that away and decide um, what you want to do with it or what you feel like you need to do with it to make sure that your work is more inclusive. That's been really exciting um, because people really have stepped up and stepped forward. Uh, and one of the things that I'm super excited about is that we also just launched our EDI catalysts. and so. We sort of talked about how we develop this in a way that is um, uh, collaborative and we want to make sure it's implemented in a way that's collaborative. So we put out a call um, and said, if you would be interested in being a catalyst, so someone, uh, you know, in chemistry, a catalyst sort of uh, starts a chain reaction and so, or some kind of reaction. It, it speeds up a reaction, I think, maybe. I don't remember my high school chemistry very well. Oh, I didn't take high school chemistry, so you're asking the wrong person. So I like <laughs> your definition that it speeds up a process. Let's go with that. Awesome. Um, so we, we put out that call and we had lots of folks apply and there are 30 people at the college who are now officially EDI catalysts. Each of them has identified one of the action items that they want to develop a project around. Um, and they, you know, are, are doing some of the workshops around both 
you know, in some cases, they are doing that introduction to equity, diversity, inclusion workshop, but they're also doing things like change management workshops and um, uh, uh, project management workshops. And they're working with that learning um, to really identify the areas where they can make a change and that the projects that they can implement on the ground. Um, they'll then be working with groups who will work with them on that project. Uh, and so it's that idea that it's never just one person doing any of this work. And for this work to succeed, it really has to feel and be, not just feel, um, but to really be grassroots, to really be about the members of the organization making that change together. I love hearing about these catalysts because, yes, if this was, if these were tasks that fell to one person or these were tasks that fell to a very small group of people, it's daunting, it's exhausting, it wouldn't continue because you you would burn out. But oh my goodness, these catalysts and the fact that the catalysts are tied to your 32 action items, it just ensures that everyone is working differently at different times in different areas, but there is one cohesive idea that is, oh my goodness, that's an, I love this catalyst notion. Thank you for talking about it. That's no, thank you. We're it's we're super excited about it because it is like that's another way of thinking about diversity, right? Is bringing these different perspectives and different ways of doing things that I'm not going to implement something the same way that you will, um, and my way of doing it isn't necessarily more right than yours, right? And and that idea of having folks come to this who work in different areas of the college, who have different perspectives, who come with different life experiences and who can say, you know, here's a project that no one else might have thought of in relation to this action item and I want to lead that project. That's really exciting. So you referenced the uh, NCSAC and we just had Steve Kosh on uh, the last episode actually talking about uh, that, that organization within the school. So... Part of what drives this whole series is the college being a community that exists within a larger community. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about how the EDI blueprint, yes, it exists within Niagara College's community, but what does that look like as it filters into the broader Welland community? Yeah, that's a really great question. So I think that there are multiple ways that this is already happening. Um, one thing I would say is that you know, the the college as an educational organization, um, the experiences that students are having are necessarily going to filter out into our community because they're going out there and doing things in the community, right? They're they're going to be getting jobs across the Niagara region and, you know, across the world, right? And so um, I, I know that while I'm talking about this in terms of the Niagara region, this extends beyond. But one thing I would say in terms of the Niagara region itself, and you know, Welland, for example, um, are uh, the team that does co-op and um, uh, and placements. Uh, they did an EDI workshop and then worked with that to say, okay, we want to change some of the ways that we're doing things. So they're working with students to make sure students are better equipped when they're going out into those placements, but they're also working with employers who are having those students come in to do co-ops and having some educational events for those employers themselves. Um, We also, uh, Niagara College now sits um, on the uh, DSBN's um, 
I want to make sure I get this this right. Uh, Equity, inclusion, and anti-racism committee, um, and so we're we're there being part of those conversations as well about what's happening in the DSBN. Um, you know, we have had conversations and attended things that are part of the Greater Niagara Chamber of Commerce. Um, uh, I was one of the speakers at the International Women's Day event this year, for example. Um, we did a talk with Innovate Niagara, and so we're. We're doing the work within the college, but we're also partnering with organizations, um, both to say, we can come in and support you, but also we're partnering with organizations who can teach us things, right? And so, um, you know, when we do things for, um, for Pride Month, uh, Pride Niagara is there. Uh, this last year for um, Black History Month, one of the, the main events was working um, with, uh, Erica, whose last name escapes me for a moment, who uh, founded Erica's Embrace. So this is a pretty amazing organization in the region. Um, she was a student at Niagara College, was going out there working in shelters, realized that most shelters did not have hair products for black women, um, and started doing that work. And eventually that organization has grown and now does all sorts of advocacy work as well. So um, Erica came in and talked about the work that she's doing, but then our culinary school said, hey, we do these pop-ups where we have these pop-ups where we sell things. Um, and wouldn't it be really great to have Erica come in and be there during the pop-up to talk about what you know the organization, what it's doing, but also all the funds raised from the pop-up that year, that month in February were donated um, to Erica's Embrace. So it really is about partnering with organizations in lots of different ways. As you've been discussing and describing this last this last bit of, of a point, I can't help but visualizing the, the blueprint and what it has done as a splash in a body of water that the ripple effects are going to forever change the surface of that, that body. And they're going far and wide. Like you're talking not just about the college community, the Welland community, you're talking beyond Niagara, just you're not really putting a limit to the scope. And my goodness, that is so inspiring to hear. Uh, yes, I, I mean, it's, it's inspiring to think about. It gives me hope. It makes me think um, this is work that, you know, on some days feels uh, can feel really hard because I mean, like all work, it feels hard. But there are definitely days when you just think, is this making a difference? Um, and then you think about that and you think about all of the people who are going out there and, and doing this work within the community and beyond the community and the students who are, you know, maybe attending one of these workshops and then going to a community where maybe the conversation around inclusion is very new in that community. And those students are the ones who are going to be able to start it. Um, that feels really exciting, and that is something that gives me hope that um, another world is possible, that a world that gets better every day is possible, and that we can shape that somehow. Samat, this has been an exceptional conversation, and I want you to, to lead us out of it. Is there anything that we did not touch on, started touching on, and moved away from that we could go back to? Any last words on everything that you are doing at the college that you'd like to to walk us out on? Yes. So the only thing I want to say is that um, I think sometimes with this work, uh, it's easy for a person to become the face of it. And so sometimes people will say to me, like, oh, the work that you're doing. Um, and I know you mean it more broadly in the more plural you. Um, and I, I just really want to reinforce that, that this is 
not work that any one person can do. This is very much a community project. We are a collective you who are doing this work. Um, and I'm learning as I do this work as much as everybody else. Um, and yeah, that this is very much a collective collaborative endeavor uh, and that we always can do better and we always strive to do better. Samat, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.